0: Log Talk Radio.
1: You know, we don't have that little sound effect anymore. We just go straight into the show because we just have so much to cover. But we do. We do still have the song, and I want you guys to listen to it tonight because it may be the last time you ever hear it.
2: One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no-holds-barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Huh. I'm getting attacked
1: on Twitter right now. Last time I'm ever hearing it. what did he say? Last time... everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, as always, blah, 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 joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, (laughs) Kentucky, Michael Trent. Uh, Mikey, we were in a heck of a draft on Saturday, the Come Get Some League, born on social media, and it was one of the most competitive drafts we've ever been in.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Scott. And uh, first off, I want to uh, thank everyone for uh, joining in with us. Uh, it was it was very competitive. Uh, I had a lot of fun. And, you know, it, it wasn't uh, – it's kind of a bragging rights type of uh, draft. But uh, I tell you what, everybody that was involved, it, they didn't seem like it was bragging rights. They were in it. I mean, they were really in it. And it was a lot of fun.
1: 347-324-5404 is the number. Let's get our sponsors out of the way. ScoutFantasy.com, the newest and freshest fantasy sports website on the planet. Uh, you can't get content like it anywhere else uh, pretty much for the reason being of the, the world of the Fantasy Football World Championship. We're the best players in the world of fantasy football offering their insights and opinions and as to why and how uh, they're winning their leagues every year, and what they think about their picks this year, Mike, we're days away from the release of the 2014 Preseason Pro. This is where the best minds in the world get together, and they release their sleepers, their busts, their breakout players, their comeback players, and their stash and cash. We asked each one of them for one of those picks each uh, and to, to release that to the world. And if you're a Scout.com Fantasy member – you get all that uh, this year, so that you're prepared for your for your big draft coming up. It doesn't matter if it's bragging rights or if there's money on the line. You want to win, and you need this stuff, man. That's what that's what we're here for. You, re- you really want this stuff sure. to to get into their minds. I mean, I saw some of these names on here, and I'm just like, wow, I, I'm I'm just shocked and blown away by some of their picks because I, I don't think like they do, and you know, maybe maybe that's why I'm not the, as big a winner as they are. But it's pretty exciting, Mike. So ScoutFantasy.com, uh, we just launched the $35 leagues a couple of days ago. Mike, you, you, you've obviously checked these out, the, uh, the new games lobby
0: yeah.
1: uh, here at uh, FFWC. I'll put it. a link to it. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and they're $35 leagues. Look, uh, draft and go, draft only leagues, and we have full season leagues for the lineups and waivers. Most, the most popular thing is the draft and well, go because people want to draft, and they don't want to have to worry about lineups.
0: Yeah, exactly, Scott. And the one thing about the uh, draft lobby is so uh, user friendly. I mean, uh, let's face it, I'm I'm an idiot. <laughs> so it's it's perfectly fine for everyone to jump in there and uh, uh, get around it. Because if I can if I can navigate around it, anybody else can. I mean, it, it really hard. is awesome, Scott.
1: I mean, it's awesome. A little hard on yourself there, bro. I mean, come on. Geez, it's summertime, well, no, man.
0: no, I, no. I'm just telling you. I, I mean, I, I'm an idiot. I can hit a nine iron to the pin, but I can't, I can't navigate around some of this stuff. But let's face it. I mean, it's it's great stuff. Uh, I mean, the uh, the 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 dashboard is great. Uh, everything looks awesome. And uh, just like when we went through that draft last Saturday night, I mean we, I mean it was awesome. I mean, you 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 just couldn't get any better than that. So. I love it, Scott. I mean, you guys, you and uh, the entire uh, team have done a great job. So I'm looking forward to uh, what's going to happen in the next uh, couple weeks.
1: Larry Gold is our guest tonight, along with the Corey Parson. Corey Parson from SiriusXM Fantasy, Roto Experts in the Morning, and Larry Gold, uh, Larry Goldstein, one of the high, the best high-stakes players that uh, of sporting news fame and uh, poker fame here with us tonight to talk uh, a little bit of fantasy football for you guys. Also, Larry Gold had an aw- a couple of awesome articles recently that have been published on Scout.com. Uh, the Blind Bidding and Free Agents Acquisition uh, Bidding, that guide that he published today, great stuff. If, you've, if you play in any league that has bidding, get over to ScoutFantasy.com. Oh, read love. the article that Larry put out there. That, you know, Look, I'll tell you this. It's been 11 years now. And I don't feel like I'm any better than I was in year one. It, there is no – nobody has cracked the code. The, 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 it's just every year is different. Some years you, you get burned by wasting your money – spending your money early because there's lots of good guys later. And then some years you get burned by hanging on to your dollars, Mike. It's, so it, there's really – the mystique, the mystery of free yeah. agent bidding is the same for all of us, whether you're day one or you're day – you know eleven years I mean it, it do you feel the same way, yeah, I do,
0: and you know it's funny, Scott, because you know there's some years you sit there you you burn you you're spending spending spending, spending, and uh the and another year it's like, wow, I've got like eight eight hundred seven hundred five hundred dollars left, and you've got two weeks left in the season, it's like what where did I not spend my money? So it's it's crazy how you know where do you spend it and how do you spend it and how where is the perfect spot to spend it at?
1: Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great article. I definitely recommend you get there. I'm I'm the same way, Mike. The, the bidding is is an awesome aspect of fantasy that absolutely tortures your mind Monday through Wednesday all the way to Wednesday night. For the most part, Wednesday night is the, the major bidding action, usually yeah. the Friday night bidding, just so everybody knows. The Friday night bidding is, is if, in case you didn't get any of the guys and you have a hole on your kicker or something, you know, you need a, a, he's on buy or something, you, you go ahead and take care of that uh, on Friday night. Also, Larry Gold, he's, he's, he's got the two headline stories on Scout Fantasy today. That tells you that this guy is pumping out the awesome content. The Mock Draft World Championship Winner's Guide. Uh, if, you haven't seen, if you haven't seen that yet, definitely check it out. I'll put a link to it in the chat room. The Mock Draft World Championship Winner's Guide. It's, it's his approach. And, and to be honest with you, to me, when I read this article, it's a father-son story. I'll just say that. It's a father-son story about fantasy, introducing them to fantasy, and now looking ahead to what fantasy is going to mean to them like it might mean to, their fa- to, to his father. So it's a really cool story. Check it out, the Mock Draft World Championship Winner's Guide. Kind of an idea. Uh, look, you guys, if you haven't tried it out, MockDraftNow.com. Memorize that and just get it in your brain. We do have a custom simulator, too, that I'll, that I'll shoot a link to in the chat room that you can customize it for your home league. So there's just literally so much going on. I don't even know where to go with this program, bro. It's just there's so much right. information I want to get out. It's just, it's just it's overwhelming.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. Uh, Real quick, uh, th- there is. There's a lot of information to uh, get out there. Uh, first off, uh, start off with the uh, the contest uh, that you guys got going on. I mean, I mean, it starts from the upper tier to the mid tier to, uh, you know, I wouldn't say lower tier, but uh, just start off with with, with some contests, man.
1: Okay, well, real quick because I've got all the all, I've got all the guys in the chat room. These are these are the uh, the guys they didn't come to hear about the contest. They know about the contest. The World Championship is the big daddy. You know, you want to you want to try the big daddy, the $150,000 grand prize. I talk to new players all the time that are so thrilled and so excited to go to Vegas for the first time or draft online from home and be a part of the World Championship. It's an experience like none other. If you can't afford the, the the main event or maybe it's just not enough time to prepare and plan, jump in the Rotable. It's the tenth year of Rotable. I'm so proud of what we put together for this year's Rotable, Mike. It's a fifty thousand yeah. dollar grand prize now. The largest league prize in the industry. Return on investment is very important. This league costs two hundred and seventy nine dollars to play and it's a twenty three hundred and seventy four dollars in league prizes. So it's a really good we put a lot of the money into the league prizes and we'll grow The grand prize later, but look, only one person can win that, so we wanted to make sure it was a balance of league prizes and main prize, and as we grow the contest, we'll grow that uh, grand prize, but we do have the mega prize too, 500 grand, hey, if you're lucky enough to be at top of the the Roto Bowl and also the Mock Draft World Championship, you win the 500 grand mega prize, and wouldn't it be amazing if somebody hit that? You're limited to 3,000 entries, I will tell you this, they made us put a limit on it, you are limited to three thousand entries. That's like thirty-five days away. We have like, um, yeah, that's like eighty-five per day, Mike. You think you could? You think you could do yeah. that? Eighty-five?
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, that's just incredible stuff. That uh, you know, anybody has a chance. I mean, like Matt, Matt Bailey. I mean, anybody, anybody can do yeah. this.
1: I'll tell you, Matt Bailey was the. For those of you that don't know, Matt Bailey was the first ever fantasy football world champion uh, 2 years ago and he took home the $200,000 grand prize and he uh, that was before we reduced the grand prize to put more money into the league prizes then we created a dominator so you could win 10,000 in your league the 11 man lineup all that we were do- it was just a, it's a big it was a big deal but Matt Bailey was in the first draft the first pick of the first draft and it was an all-star draft just so you know everybody at home it was an all-star draft it was like a commander league a big payback league a, A Gridiron Platinum League, it was the biggest names in the industry. I think the lowest-ranked player in that draft was ranked 20. And he came out of that league not only as the league winner, but he also won the World Championship. So, look, tough league, sure. But, look, it's all about your team that you assemble. If you hit on the guys, if you saved your bidding money, just to use the bidding example, on Keenan Allen and Zach Stacey last year, you probably won your league. Yeah. So let, let's yep. get to this week's news. Uh, again, that's the Rotable. We do have the $35 Scout Leagues here in 50 minutes. Uh, our last draft of the evening tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, it's a 12-man, $35 league. It's an affordable league. If you can win your seat in the Rotable, you can win your seat in the Rotable next year, or you can take the $250 cash. Uh, but it's a draft-only league, $35, 12-man league, 24 rounds of, of drafting. So you have a 24-man roster. It's not the 28 rounds like our drafting goes. That's for the experienced players and the guys that are putting 100 bucks up on the line. But the 35s, we wanted to get people you know, used to it. So it's, it's longer than a normal draft, but it's not all the way longer like 28. It's only 24. So $35 scout leagues. Give those a shot. We do have spots available for the last draft tonight at 10 o'clock. Okay, here we go, Mike the draft on Saturday night to come get some league. I'm going to put the the link to the draft board up. Talk to me about your draft because what you did is you started off with Alshon Jeffrey at the 12 hole, came back with Gio Bernard over Murray. I want to know why. And then took Aaron Rodgers. Talk to me about Gio over DeMarco Murray, bro.
0: Yeah, you know, it was a, uh, it was a situation to where I was going to take Jeffrey. All right. Uh, that it, Coming out of the 12th hole, that's a very tough situation. So, uh, you know, I, I knew Brandon Marshall wasn't going to come, fall to me or uh, A.J. Green. So, you know, I was going to go ahead and take uh, Alshon Jeffrey and then Gio Bernard over uh, over uh, DeMarco Murray. The only reason I took uh, Gio over DeMarco, I just do not trust Dallas's offense. I don't trust their offense. I don't trust what they're doing. And uh, I, I, I like what Cincinnati is doing. And, man, I mean, Gio, in his first year, are you kidding me? His receptions, his, his carries, he's only going to build from there. That's why I took Gio yeah. over uh, DeMarco.
1: Yeah, I think Gio Bernard is one of those rare backs that has number one running back potential because of how electric he is. And we just saw him in his first year. Uh, granted, I take a beating for, hearing, for saying that, but, I, I, you know, I love McCoy. I love Charles. Uh, Adrian Peterson How can you not like these guys The power running of Lacey But I think if anybody that I've just named Has that number one potential uh, Gio has that it factor DeMarco does too to me DeMarco if you watch And and I've got an article on the the Scout Fantasy message boards Where I break down the reasons why I think DeMarco Murray should be considered uh, At the end of the first round Uh, But I, I would even take him Before Eddie Lacey I have him as my number five running back this year but DeMarco Murray, uh, if you watch the last four or five, six games of the year, it was a different type of DeMarco Murray, right? I mean, it was an unbelievable running back. I mean, just incredible power, speed, and that, And it is. I think it is a, a pretty darn good offense, Mike. I think they'll be just fine. Romo will still do what Romo always does, and he'll still make his mistakes, but they will still put up lots of mega fantasy points. Des Bryant, number one receiver in the league, not named Calvin Johnson. Uh that's, uh, that's going to be exciting to, uh, to watch uh, Dez in his development as always. But, uh, yeah, Gio over DeMarco, good pick. And then you took Aaron Rodgers. And also I want to talk to you about the decision. Most of the times when you take a quarterback early, especially in a DE, you need to fire away at those right. running backs and wide, especially in the FFWC format where you've got to start three wide receivers and two flex spots, but yet you chose to take Cameron in the fifth strategically, I don't agree with it because of the lineup requirements of the FFWC, but you kind of pulled it off, but let, let's talk about what you have there. Sammy Watkins is your two, Reuben Randall is your three, and then your flex positions are Hopkins, a, a combination of Hopkins, Ladarius yeah. Green, MJD. Who, who are you most excited about there?
0: Uh, honestly, uh, I'm, I'm most excited about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this kid is... Uh, he 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 hasn't he, he hasn't failed. I, I really like he has to bring to the table and uh, Marcus Wheaton. This mm-hmm. I, I'm very interested to see what he's going to bring to the table as well.
1: Yeah, Marcus Wheaton had a. Uh, I think I think he is a, a sixty catch kind of guy. I think he could definitely do that in that offense. Maybe maybe a little bit more than that if he gets a good situation with an Antonio Brown injury. Nobody's talking about that, right?
2: If yeah. there's an Antonio yep.
1: Brown injury, who benefits the most in Pittsburgh? And, I, and I'd happy to take that, uh, those answers from the chat room, the crew here at Red vs Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. If Antonio Brown is injured, and that is the executive's guy, Corey Parson, the fantasy guy, fan. If Antonio Brown is injured, who benefits the most in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense? Let's go ahead and bring on from the six three one area code. We've either got the expert or the executive. Which one we got? How you doing, guys? It's Larry. It's the expert. It's the expert. Larry Gold joins us, man. Great, Larry. Stuff, what's by the up, way. Bob? Uh, L- Larry, great what? articles lately on ScoutFantasy.com. dot com. I just talked about them earlier in the podcast. The blind bidding and the mock draft world championship—two headline articles right now. You've been cranking out some content, bro.
3: Yeah, thanks, Scott. I mean, the um, the breakdown of the uh, the blind bidding is uh, just—you know—you guys are launching the uh, thirty five uh, beginner leagues and. I just wanted to sort of present the options of how, like, or maybe used to when they're doing their home wings, just having, you know, first access. Whoever can log on first is going to get access to the first waiver guy of the week. And, you know, so maybe you're familiar with that, or maybe the the worst team gets rewarded for a um, for their bidding. Um, with the blind bidding, you basically can go after guys, um, you know, basically going after guys. So the, um, I'm sorry, guys.
1: It's almost like hey, an auction. Uh,
3: no, keep going. Well, no, so, you know, the first week you have, you know, a couple of years ago we had Anquan Bolden that had a big first week, and Cam Newton, both of those guys were, right. um, both, of the, both of those guys really broke out the first week, and they weren't drafted in the draft. So um, those are the only two guys that you use 900 to to 1, $1,000 of your, of your dollars, and it's
1: worth
3: <laughs> it. Sorry, I did.
1: I did. I did. And and Mike, you. I don't know if you remember this, but I was sitting in the FFPC. I just talked to Big Mo. Everybody knows uh, Big Mo uh, from uh, yeah. World Championship. Lonnie Graves, uh, FFPC, FFW. He plays in them all. He plays in every one of the high-stakes uh, contests and circuits around the country. Great player. And he was telling me, uh, I was like, you remember when we drafted in that league together? My wife told me to take Cam yeah. Newton, and I didn't do it in the 20th round. He was a rookie. And he went – listen, guys, he didn't – he played, I think it was Arizona, in week one. And I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, he put up a 30-burger in week one. And everybody's like, whoa, you know, but it was just Arizona. They were like, "Ah, eh, defensive matchup, you know, who can't do that against Arizona? Guess what? Nobody bid on him. We're talking about 12 high-stakes players. Big Moe were in that league. I think John Haskell. I mean, it was, it was John yeah. Haskell. It, it was me. Yep, John Has- there was lots of us. Right. And nobody bid on Cam Newton in our league of 12. And so guess what happens? The next week, week two of the season – he does the same thing to Green Bay and Pasta 30 Burger. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I, I will never live it down if I don't get Cam Newton. My wife will never live it down. So I bid 900 bucks on him in week number two's bidding prior to week three. I got him, of course, right? I was a high bidder, but barely. I, I got him a little bit over 900 940 something like that. And I, and I was I think, tweaking I think, that I think bid, the second bid
0: was, uh Yeah, I think the second bid was like uh, 700 and something. I mean, it was high. It was way up it there.
1: Was, yeah, yeah, it was way up there. But and, and I'll just say this. I agonized with that all week. But guess what? He, he, he dominates all year. I, I let Tony Romo ride the bench all year. I, he dominated all year. There was a big difference in points. Romo actually was hurt for, for a lot of the year, so it was a good move. And I finished with the best season I ever had by going for it. Larry, have you ever done anything like that uh, in bidding?
3: You no, know, to tell you the truth, Scott, most of my experiences when I – Go heavy in the you know after the first week or two, it really you know generally those are fluke situations where you know val Bolden broke out the first week and, and cam just exploded you know it's just amazing when rookies get you know just completely reach their you know usually their year three potential out of the gate you know look at all the high stakes leagues where those guys were available right after the first week, so sometimes you know I think people now with social media're we're, we're more in tune with the rookies that are coming out, so you're not going to really see those those get through anymore but you know, usually when you're spending a lot out of the gate, you kind of wishing in mid-season that you had some of that money. And now some of our better teams that we've had over the years, it's nice to have those bucks left when you make a run towards the playoffs. I remember a couple of years ago, you know, Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson were available, you know, week 12 when the waivers are about to close to the year. And, you know, when you're competing for a league title and you have those dollars available to, you know, outdate the two or three other teams that you're going into the playoffs with, it's a huge advantage. So, you know, generally – you know, it's kind of situational with your teams. You know, if you have a team that has a need right out of the gate, you really have to fire those dollars and really aggressively target some guys that really have upside. But if you can bob and weave through the season and, you know, spend the money but still sort of keep someone in reserve for that special guy, you know, around Thanksgiving time, it really comes in handy
1: down the stretch. All right. We are going to bring in our other guest of the evening, the, ex- the executive. We have the expert and we have the executive Corey Parson from Sirius XM Radio, Roto Experts in the Morning. Uh, Corey, glad to have you on here, bro. What, what do you think about this, uh, uh, this question I asked earlier? Uh, well, well, first of all, blind bidding. Have you ever done anything like that with the 900 bucks? any kind of big money right off the bat? And how's that went for you?
4: No, i never had a situation where I went right off the bat, had to spend big money on a play. I kind of wish I did it. Well, it turned out all right. But a good, a good mindset to do it would have been last season, just this past year when a lot of teams don't have Julius Thomas on, on, on anybody's roster. And he right. came out in that first game on that Thursday night. Remember, remember, you know, hey, Scott, we were out there in Vegas. We saw it. We knew it was going to be crazy. Right. And I know teams that went all the way in on him last season, and they spent the $900. They spent the $800, and those teams won the championship.
0: So Corey it can't be worth it.
1: Yeah. Corey Parson from SiriusXM Fantasy and Ruddle Experts in the Morning. Uh, So when we're talking about blind betting, talk about this Thursday, this year's Thursday night game. We've got Green Bay taking on uh, Seattle. Seattle, Right, it's a it's a pretty awesome matchup. The champions against Green Bay, the return of the rematch from that uh, from the catch and the the refs. Uh, Is there anybody in that game that you could see saying, "Man, uh, he really he wasn't drafted." Right, he wasn't drafted, but uh, now he w- will be go for crazy dollars for all the people that drafted early. Is it a, a backup running back or something?
4: Yeah, I'll jump in on this one right here, fellas. I think that if you do see a situation like that unfold after that first game, where a player gets where a player gets you know get the buzz that he's it up extremely. I do. I mean, you gotta understand fantasy football for so everybody. You gotta understand the leagues that we play in. People in the chat room. People listening to this program. A guy like Robert Turbin is not going to be, you know, in, in free agency. It's just not going to happen. But across the mainstream, a guy like Robert Turbin could be in free agency. So I talk to those owners, and more or less, when you see him pop that first week, you probably not playing with fad like we are. But you hop on the waiver wire and you immediately go pick him up because that's a situation where a guy like Turbin, you know, it's an outside shot. But I think he sets up for a good game going against a poor run defense. He didn't really make that many improvements on the line, so. You look at the situation where Lynch just getting in camp, let's see how that plays out, but everybody's in love with Christine Michael, but how do we know Trevor's not the guy? He's flashed in camp so far.
1: Larry Gold, it could be it could be somebody like a it could be sorry, Mike, it could be somebody like a Zach Miller or a Luke Wilson or something at tight end that goes undrafted in a twenty rounder. Uh, maybe somebody like that. Anybody else on the Green Bay side, Larry?
3: I mean, Green Bay, you know, what has everyone's attention is their tight end position. I mean, everything else is pretty much locked in. Of course, Rodgers and Lisi and, you know, Nelson and Kava going in the second round. You know, Boykin Boykin. goes somewhere in the middle. But the tight end situation is very interesting. You know, if a guy like Bostick has a couple of touchdowns or even a touchdown or, you know, a high volume of targets, you know, against a great Seattle defense, he's going to definitely move up significant rounds. You know, he might even move into – you know, right below the you know the Rudolph Olson um, read section of the draft. You know, a big game like that. You know, people want to see great performances, and it's against Seattle. That's going to really, really move the needle.
1: Go ahead, Mikey. You got a question for Corey? Yeah.
0: I, what, what'd you yeah. have there? Yeah, Scott, I got a real question uh, for uh, Corey and go. Larry. Both, uh, you guys, uh, man, you guys do great work, and uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Have you ever felt yourself? Uh, In a situation to where you're bidding more on a player after week one or two than you should have. Basically what I'm saying is do you panic after week one or two? Just to let people know.
4: Well, at the level we play at a only two start. I mean no matter what you say the season is long, you still got eleven more chances because the playoffs are not guaranteed to anyone. So you get 11 more shots, and, you know, just in your in, in your nature, in your conscience, you are going to push the panic button a little bit, but let it be an opportunity to, to 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 build a team. Let it be an opportunity to really get inside the team and see what's going on, where you can make improvements at. For example, last year was after week two. I mean, I was in pretty decent shape already, though. a fantasy executive, what you expect, you know, I'm just saying. But um, you have a situation right. where, as soon as Malcolm Floyd went down, I was like, time to go get Keenan out. And, you know, people wasn't really on him. They were talking him down. They were like, oh, well, you know, situation. But I was able to bid 101. Now, I know some leagues where he went for over $400, you know what I'm saying. So whatever the case may be, but he definitely wouldn't steal off the waiver wire last year. So I didn't overbid. Really haven't had too many situations where I've had to overbid on a player. But if it happens, you have to go, you have to go win. You know, I remember at, at one point, I think, situation where, you know, if you get into a, a, a spot where you have a, a concern on your team, Mike, you just go ahead and, and address that concern and you just take what you need to if you lose the quarterback, get you to have to spin on the even, handcuffs, something like that.
0: Even as early as week one, you can do that? Yeah. Okay. Well, Larry, what We're do you talking. think about it? Yeah, go ahead, Larry. Go
3: ahead. Yeah, you know, you know, to tell you the truth, guys, you know, usually you know, by that time when we're doing high-stakes drafts, right, that last weekend, I have a pretty good idea of the range of guys I'm looking at at every round, whether it's, you know, if we're talking about a guy who's really going from bottom of, the, bottom of the draft to 8, 9, 10, I really don't want to change from my original plan just based on one game, because I'm still looking at it around 8, 9, 10. I'm trying to fill out my core, especially in these FFWC leagues where you need two flex and all the three receivers and two running backs. If I have guys that I'm already kind of dialed in on for rounds nine and ten to fill out my roster, do I really want to take a you know a wide receiver three or a tight end two that you know puts up 18 points and have him just bump out the guy that I was looking at that round? You know, a couple of times that you know I've seen teams do that or I've done it myself, it really doesn't play out too well. So I would say no.
0: Yeah, getting... well, you know, the reason I brought that out is. Uh, Say your running back one or your wide receiver one goes down in week one. Are you willing to, you know, put in a – Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if your team has a a
3: glaring need, you know, your team is solid pretty much across the board, but you've watched your RB1, you know, that's where your dollars are going to be spent that upcoming week. I mean, everything else you're not going to really worry about if your receivers are – you know, as long as you have health everywhere else and you have depth. You're going to be looking to spend money to – because RB1 is a series, and you're talking 15, 20 points weekly out of that position. You, you need to try to fix that as quickly as possible, and your RB2 now becomes your 1 and your 3 becomes the 2. You, you need to hit find someone that you know, maybe was missed in the draft. You have to fire at that guy, but when I say fire, we're talking four to 600, maybe 500 bucks. I, I don't want to really, really go more than that because you're going to have so many needs coming up through, throughout the season.
1: We got Larry Gold with us tonight uh, at Two Red Ducks, right on Twitter, and Corey Parson, not fantasy exec on Twitter, the fantasy exec, the only guy that I know that has a, a stalker on Twitter, I guess, a, a, a copycat. Uh, and, and Corey, you're you're very high on Antonio Brown. We've had many conversations about this guy, uh, Hunter Catch kind of guy. You're you're really uh, you, you feel like he's a little disrespected. Uh, with where he's going, because he did catch 110 balls last year. But but we, the, the conversation kind of came up earlier because we've been talking about Marcus Wheaton. So I'm going to ask you, if Antonio Brown were to re- suffer an injury in the preseason before the year draft, Marcus Wheaton right now is going in about the what the 10th or 11th round, kind of when you're just taking flyers on your on your upside wide receivers. But if an injury happened to Antonio Brown, where do you think Marcus Wheaton? How high would his stock go? Uh, you know, in that, in that range? I mean, wh- 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 what are you thinking? Sixth, seventh round?
4: I'm thinking, definitely thinking, you hit the nail on the head right there, Scotty. Either the sixth or seventh round, most likely the seventh is the way I pulled trigger maybe as a wide receiver floor, a flex option in this league. You got to think, this is a young wide receiver who they had big plans for. They, Mike Wallace was going, Marcus Wheaton came in to fill that role. That offense kind of got rolling when Le'Veon Bell took over last year. So ultimately, Le'Veon Bell is the guy that would benefit on the field. Okay. But to what we do when it's time to draft for a fantasy team, you want to have a piece of Marcus Wheaton. He's playing with Todd Haley. Todd Haley is excellent when it comes to the development of wide receivers. And look what he's done. Antonio Brown, you know, the big season for T.O. I mean, it's numerous seasons right there that Todd Haley has been a part of for wide receivers.
1: Why can't Marcus Wheaton be that guy? Yeah, Marcus Wheaton, uh, I don't think people are drafting him thinking about an injury at all. I, I don't think that has ever cro- – it's never crossed my mind when I've been slotting Marcus Wheaton. I'm just thinking about, okay, he's on the outside. If if, if Antonio Brown gets hurt or something along that line, Lance Moore is getting the under over-the-middle stuff, they probably bring up Martavis Bryant a little bit quicker, and like you said, they really rely on the running game. I think Blunt would probably get a few more carries per game. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, they're going to work pretty hard. Uh, Heath Miller would probably get a little bit more involved. I'm just curious. I wonder how what his upside goes up to. If he's a 60-catch guy now and Brown gets injured, does he get up? I mean, 80, 80 catches would seem like that might be realistic, and that's five per game. Five per game sound would sound pretty realistic as Pittsburgh's number one wide receiver. So it'll be interesting. Uh, let's get right to the – we're already half past the hour. We're already blowing our, 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 our segment here. This is so the we expert. It's the expert versus the executive. Uh, we pit them in one-on-one confrontations. They each have to represent a side in our new game show. Yes, please or no, thanks. So we're going to start with you, Corey Parson. We're going to talk Josh Gordon. We 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 went. And we've, this guy has not been drafting uh, drafted lately, uh, and then all of a sudden with this news that the suspension, there may be a little bit of a life to this appeal of some sort. Is he draftable now? So the question, you know, look, he wasn't drafted in this. Come get some draft. However. Uh, last night, the draft I was in, he was drafted in the eighth round. What do you say, yes, please, or no, thanks? And, and tell us a little bit about this.
4: I say yes, please, when it comes to the chance to get a talent like Josh Gordon. Listen, ultimately, the best bet is to wait till Monday, but we're fiends. We can't wait until Monday. I want to do one just to see where I can get him at. So what I'm looking at right now with Josh Gordon is keep a close eye on the news, pay attention to it. I don't know, the NFL took a PR hit with this whole Ray Rice thing. And, you know, with yeah. recreational pot smoke becoming more accepted, it kind of seems like this would be a pretty hard stance to take on a guy that passed, 70 drug tests. And the 71st, the one who failed, I mean, he, he, he gave him two samples. One was clean. The other one was barely positive. So to take that kind of stance on him when you're going through the situation you're going through right now with Ray Rice, I think it would be pretty tough. But, you know, you never know what the situation may be. But he's a very interesting player. I mean, you look what he did in 12 games last year. He was yep. 16 this year. And that offense, Kyle Shanahan, that running game, they get that thing going and open up on the outside, Brian Hoyer, all Johnny football. It could be interesting. I kind of think the league may want to see what man Zelda Gordon looks like on the field. So I'm doing it. All
1: right, Larry Gold, uh, you have to take the no thanks. Why, why, would, why, would you, why would you pass on Gordon here?
3: Well, based on the guy that you said drafted him oh. last night in the eighth round, the problem with the eighth round is you, you're still building your core. I mean, you know, Assumably by now you have four, four wide receivers, maybe your tight end, a couple of running backs, maybe a quarterback, but you still have a fifth spot to fill that you need production right. out of every week. Eleventh right. or twelfth round, you know maybe you can make a case for taking a shot. You know if you're doing multiple mock drafts, but you know in terms of still building out your starting lineup, you know, the odds are against the appeal going his way. Um, so I would not jeopardize my starting lineup at this point with him.
1: We have the expert, we have the executive and we're gonna throw in a little Mike Trent. Mike, uh yes, please or no thanks on Josh Gordon in the eighth.
0: Uh, no thanks. Baggage. I am I'm I'm tired of baggage in the NFL. I'm tired of uh, these guys uh you know, just uh, I it, it just it's it's a it's an enigma through the locker room. These guys yeah. no matter how much uh you know, uh Athletic ability they have. Uh, I, I'm just not. I, I can't. I can't buy. I can't buy Josh Gordon right now. I would rather have okay. somebody else that can. That can give my team some more stability.
1: Okay, Mike says no too. He agrees with Larry Gold. Uh, no thanks. All right, let's move on to Reuben Randall. Larry, I'm going to lead off with you here. Uh, A lot of folks uh, thought that Ruben Randall might have been a breakout last year. His ADP uh, climbed uh, to some pretty high levels last year. It it definitely fell back into line this year where people are are, are saying, you know what, I I really don't want to spend a very high pick. His ADP is 97 right now, so you're looking at, you know, eighth, ninth round kind of range for Ruben Randall. But I did hear uh, Eli talk about him the other day, and he said, hey, we're counting on, you know, Knicks is a a big loss, and we're counting on Ruben Randall to kind of make a, a big jump, and he looks great. Uh, so, Reuben Randall, uh, let, let's talk about him. What do you think? Is it a is it a yes please or or a no thanks? Mike drafted this guy at seven twelve.
3: I'm I'm in the no thanks camp with Randall, and and here's why. You know, I'm I'm not feeling the Giants this year. There, there's so many teams in training camp that, you know, you hear good things coming out. You know, young guys are breaking out. The Giants, okay, they they have a new offense. There's bad news with with David Wilson, and Eli in the passing game was not good last year. So. We're supposed to assume the first year in a new, in a new offense, they're just going to really be on all cylinders. Randall's going to be in the lineup. He's going to be heavily targeted, probably second to Cruz, because they don't really have a tight end. But, you know, in the seventh round, he just he doesn't excite me. You know, a guy like Darrell Jernigan, who, really, who Manning really had a great rapport with down the stretch last year, I think in the last three games he had 30 targets and 20-something catches. I can get a guy like Jernigan or even a Beckham, you know, in the 18th, 19th round with no risk, Randall's costing me a starting spot in my lineup right now. And I'm, you know, he had 60 catches last year. He's serviceable, but he's just not going to break the bank for you in that spot.
1: All right. The expert says no. The executive, Hockey Nicks, had 845 snaps last year. So you're losing those snaps. Reuben Randall had 589 snaps last year. So that's going to be a big lift to him. But what do you think he does with it? The other thing I'll mention, uh, executive, is that since the NFL started collecting uh, statistics on injuries, the New York Giants were the most injured team in the history of the statistic last year. So how much does that play into your response that Reuben Randall's worth this uh, 7-12 pick, bud?
4: Well, it does play into it, but it plays into it from a different aspect. Um, now, what Larry said is correct. nothing the bad news when come out of the Giants camp as far as the offense concerns. That offense is now head up by former Green Bay Packers quarterback coach O.C. Um, Bob McAdoo. Ben
1: McAdoo. And what
4: yeah. Bob, yeah, what McAdoo brings to the table is the fact that Coach Aaron Rodgers had some great seasons out there. So, now that's why Eli Mann is running the new system right now. He's not under the archaic um, gentleman that left last season. His name to me right now.
1: Gilbride. Kevin but, Gilbride.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah, Kevin Gilbride. Yeah, he's not under the archaic Kevin Gilbride. But Eli Mann's a smart guy. He won two Super Bowls. It's kind of tough to bet against him. He catches that offense yeah with the weapons they got. Why can't we Randall fit into a Greg Jennings role inside that system that Bob McAdoo was trying to put in, in, in place? Now, Jennings, you know, we're not – right now we're looking at Jennings as, a, as an afterthought. But in 2010 in McAdoo's system, the last time he played 16 games, as a matter of fact, caught 12 touchdowns in that role as a red zone receiver, and he was able to get down the field. Randall, Greg Jennings – listen, Greg Jennings is an open pro. We still get see from with him, Randall. but if you want to take a shot – Yes, 7-12, tough to do, but I don't see why
1: not. Yeah, uh, Eli's stats went from 4,900 yards in 2011, 29 touchdowns, all the way down to 38. That's why Kevin Gilbride is no longer the offensive coordinator for Tom Coughlin. So there, is, there, there has to be a little bit of new life here. You do lose Knicks. You bring in Draft Beckham. I, 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 love, I love the Jernigan reference, Larry, because I think this guy is definitely somebody that's kind of the forgotten man now with Odell Beckham. Uh, but again, hearing Eli, I like to listen to the players when they say certain things. It kind of it gives you a little peek into how they how they feel about their progress. And Eli kind of said, "Hey, I'm ex- we're excited about Odell, but he's got a long way to go." Kind of thing. You know, he's a kid. He's got a long way to. He's got a lot to learn. Kind of thing. Where they said they're going to kind of lean on Ruben. So, it's going to be interesting. I kind of like the the, the the that range to fire on a on a Ruben Randall, but th- it's about that range. So, Mike, good pick, man. I I, I, I like the pick.
0: Yeah. Uh... You know, I'm pretty happy about it because I really feel like that uh, these guys, Eli, Rubin, they're gonna be under the radar for a lot for for a lot of the season. I mean, I really do. I, I feel like that they're not gonna be uh, noticed and uh you know, they're, they're just gonna pick up points and pick up points left and right.
1: All right, here we go. To take a tight end early or not. Uh, A draft board that I I don't have access for you guys. Uh, I I drafted in a high roller league last night. I took Julius Thomas in the third round, came back and grabbed Bishop Sankey in the fifth to serve as my RB2 in this draft master. Now, looking back, I could have drafted Andre Ellington in the third and came back with Jordan Cameron in the fifth. So, fantasy executive, which combo made more sense, the Thomas in the third with Sankey in the fifth, or would you feel better about Andre Ellington in the third and coming back with Cameron in the fifth? Your thoughts? Yes, please, or no, thanks. Yes,
4: that was a good move right there. You pat yourself on the back for that one. His thing about situation when, like we talked about Fab earlier, you're going to have to spend this money at some point. Listen, it starts on draft day, but you can't be perfect on every. You're not going to nail every single one of them. If you do, you win 150 thousand dollars. But what I'm trying to do. When I take Julius Thomas' I'm trying to reduce how much money I have to spend on the waiver wire. You're not going to find a hiding on the waiver wire. Jordan Reed came off the waiver wire last season. You get a talent like yep. Julius Thomas attached to that Denver Bronco offense. Welker kind of slowing down now. You already have – you got Emmanuel Sanders in the mix, but you already have a different situation with Eric Decker not eating up that production no more. So they got two Thomases, Julius and Demarius. I look for a big season from Demarius Thomas. And as far as the Shanky pick, why not – I like rookie running backs. I don't like – you know, I don't like running backs like Marshawn Lynch and, and guys in their in the third – you know, in their fifth and sixth season who's already been banged up from time to time. I like young rookie running backs, especially ones that play behind the offensive lines like the one they got in Tennessee. So, I have no problem with Shanky as an RB, two and Julius Thomas is third tight end.
1: Yeah, a couple of years ago, the running backs for Tennessee caught 98 balls, but they've had three offensive coordinators in three years now. Jason Michael – leading the way for head coach Ken Wisenhunt. Larry, uh, I'm forcing you to take the no thanks on this one. Uh, make the case for no thanks, uh, taking Ellington and Cameron instead.
3: Well, the ellington you know model or a combo, it, it kind of fits with a little bit of what I'm doing on a, in a lot of leagues, which is waiting on the tight end. You know, you know like like Corey said, you know, Julius Thomas's and the Gronks and the grands they don't come along every day, so it's really hard to find them. But, you know, this year – you know, Cameron is in that little tier by himself after the top guys, but before there's this whole cluster of guys. You have the Reed and Rudolph's in a new system and Olsen the and, and Zach Ertz and you got a lot of guys down there, even after Cameron that are that are exciting. So you know, in the in the case of Ellington and Cameron, you're you're getting that you're getting more out of your R B one first, you assuming that you didn't take our running back in the first round. Ellington is a much more proven commodity just based on what he did last year on a came with a pretty weak offensive line in his first year. I think will be solid, but ellington, the ellington Cameron combination gives you that you know, either RB1 or a high-end RB2, and it's still a pretty solid tight end, so I think that works as well.
0: Mike, yeah, I, what would you have done there? Yeah, I thought I was going to echo what Larry just said, and, uh, yeah, you know, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, Jordan Cameron, in my opinion, is going to be a great tight end is it going to be this year? I'm not so sure, but I really believe his upside is going to be great because I wouldn't have drafted him as high as you know I did, as I did in the draft. But uh, you know, I I just uh, I agree with Larry and what he's saying. Uh, it's going to be a, a it's very very tough to figure out. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Eight.
1: Eight. Eight. Oh, you made it through 43 minutes. I, I really well thought deserved, we it. Well deserved,
0: Scott. No, I, well I really did, well thought deserved. you were going to make it. Man, you know, I thought I was going to make it. Wow. Well, let's that, let's rate Mike. Let's, let's Antonio
3: good. Brown coming coming through with, with an ACL injury. You have him all injured <laughs> not already. Not going
1: to <laughs> let's rate everybody Everybody in the chat room. Go ahead and rate Mike on his buzzer meter scale 1 to 10. Uh, Mike, I'm going to put you at a solid 8.5 tonight. 8.5. Larry, what do you think? 8.6. (laughs) 8.6. Exactly. 9? Larry, you'll be (laughs) a (laughs) 9.
4: I can see a 9 on that one. No, but that's good, though.
1: (laughs) IPS driver says 9 also in the chat. Okay, here we go. Uh, look, there are some spots left for the 10 o'clock draft. If it doesn't fill by 10, we do hold off for another 30 minutes, try to fill it for you guys, and then if not, we'll give you your credit. But it looks like there, it's got a chance of going. Need a little bit of action in that last 35 for tonight, and you guys can get in there. PlayFFWC.com uh, to get going. Last question for the night. Oh, we've got two more. I'm sorry. And 15 minutes to go. Here we go. Ben Tate, we start with Larry Gold on Ben Tate. So the kid, look, I, I don't understand something here. Uh, for me, Ben Tate has always been a guy that we've looked at and said, man, he's got some real potential, uh, especially behind that uh, offensive line in Houston. And then you you also have your you're playing against Arian Foster. You really don't have an opportunity. After averaging five yards a carry in his first season on 175 carries, he had an injury-plagued year in his second year. And then in his third year, again, injury struck again, but still respectable yards per carry for that team, 4.3, involved in the passing game at 34 receptions in, in only seven starts. Now he gets a starting job in Cleveland as the lead back for Kyle Shanahan, and, everybody's, and nobody's touching him. I, I literally, we picked, I drafted him in the seventh round in a high-roller draft last night with all the biggest names in the world. Uh, Larry... His, 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 what do you what do you say if if he's starting all of a sudden and now he's garbage and he's being drafted in the middle of the sixth round? Do you say yes please or no thanks?
3: Uh, Scott, you just teed this one up for me so easily. I mean, I've been a take guy ever since he was at Auburn. Now he's getting now he now he's getting first crack in Cleveland and he's falling into the sixth round. It's like the triple it's a triple threat for me because I'm going wide receivers super heavy early in the draft and the guys that are falling into the fifth and sixth and seventh round are guys like Ben Tate. I mean. He had, over, like you said, almost 1,000 yards in his rookie season. He's been behind Arian Foster. He's proven to be just be able to plow through the line, you know, get, get, get the short yardage, get the goal line carries. He's able to catch the ball. He's able to break off big runs. And I can get him as an, you know, an, an RB2 on most cases. In my, in my case, it's usually an RB1 because I'm so heavy at wide receiver. But, I mean, he's yeah. one of the hidden, hidden treasures of the draft as far as I'm concerned.
1: All right, exec, uh, we're going to ask you for the no thanks. Nine fumbles for Ben Tate in the last 400 carries. The yards after contact have dropped in the last three years in a row, 3.3, 2.6, and 2.4. Why are you saying no to Ben Tate in the sixth round?
4: Well, I'll tell you what, because Ben Tate may not just be that good. He may not be the player that he was in Auburn. It seems like Ben Tate had a taste of success that first season, even though Alien Fawcett was still out there. We saw a young, hungry Tate come to the table, give his best performance over five point, at 5.4 yards per carry. So he came in there as a rookie, and he got it done. He showed you where he had. Then we saw the injury start to pop up on him. And now the whole situation in Houston was bad last year. So not, you can't just put that on Tate. But Tate just seems like a player that, you know what, I think I'm going to stay away from because the problem that Tate has is the player that Tate was in his rookie year, he has a player like that in a rookie coming right up behind him. And that rookie is pushing him for that job. How Tate wanted to take Forson's spot, you got a rookie now that want to take his spot. If you take the man now, that rookie's coming up on him just like he trying to come up on Foster. So I look at the situation where Terrence West is pushing for carries. Terrence West probably mm. could be very much so mm. better than Ben Tate. So Ben Tate's a player that I'm going to leave on the draft board. I draft Terrence West, though.
1: You know, uh, so there right. have been some drafts. There have been some drafts where Terrence West is going before. Ben Tate I've seen it uh Mike you 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 don't you don't want anything to do with Ben Tate no I I do not uh
0: he's part of he was part of a system and uh right now I just don't see him uh being a part of a system that where he's going to uh succeed no way in in the world uh you know I I think he he might do well if he's taking toward the tail end but uh Right now I, I really have no uh no interest in uh, Ben Tate whatsoever.
1: All right, the last question of the evening in our expert versus the executive segment. We're talking Sammy Watkins, we're talking Golden Tate, guys that are similarly matched on the draft board when you're kind of looking at your cheat sheet. A lot of a lot of guys have these guys somewhere close together. Uh Last night, Sammy Watkins was taken before Golden Tate. Uh, who, who, gets, uh, who gets first on this one? Oh, uh, the executive, right? The executive gets first on this one. Sammy Watkins or Golden Tate? Would you draft Sammy before Golden Tate? And you know what? None of these players really tend to be on my radar.
4: But I would take Golden Tate before I took Sammy Watkins. You know what they're going to do in Detroit. They're going to throw the football. And now they've got a legit threat on the other side of Calvin Johnson out there who's going to get some targets. It's a sheer volume, that here to be able to get in the PPR, coming in the rounds, you taking him as a flex if you go wide receiver heavy or wide receiver three. I think I like Tate more in that situation. Not because Tate is a better talent than Tammy Watkins. We see what Tammy Watson did, But Tammy Watkins plays for a team that is going to feature C.J. Spiller in the running game. He'll get his looks. C.J. Manuel is the quarterback. Doesn't bowl well for him also. Dynamic talent. I think he has a nice rookie season. But uh, Golden Tate's in a better situation.
1: All right, Larry Gold. Larry Gold, we've got Golden Tate, Sammy Watkins. Uh, you have to your your force your hand is forced here is it the natural pick though? Sammy Watkins make the case.
3: I'm taking Watkins and I'm liking it. I mean generally speaking wide rookie wide receivers don't do anything. Used to be the year three, now it's been year two when Gordon and Jeffrey went off last year. But once in a while talent comes along that just makes his own rules and I think Sammy Watkins might be that guy. You know, I'm putting him against against Golden Tate who's if Golden Tate was in the same system for three years, I would maybe have a hard time justifying Watkins, but given that Tate's going somewhere new himself, a um, team that already has Calvin Johnson, and it seems like they have three or four running backs that they want to give 20 touches to each with Bush and Bell and Riddick and sure, I mean, Golden Tate's gonna is, is not going to put up exciting numbers. I mean, he's in a great offense, but, you know, I, th- I think he's capped, you know, 800, 900 yards where Watkins could just be that one special guy that comes along and, and wins you a league. You know, yeah, TJ Manual and the, you know the bills are scary and they have issues, but they're going to be way behind in a lot of games. You now their defense is beat up. You know they have yeah. a filler, but they, they have Mike Williams doesn't really excite me, and you know and, and Woods is okay, but Watkins is just you know, he's he's already working with you know with Manuel during the OTAs and he wants to be the best and I like what I hear so far. So you know if I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot with him,
1: Mikey. What do you what do you oh. say?
0: Yeah, yeah, Sammy Watkins all the way. Uh, the reason I like him is I love his uh, their coach. I mean, th- their coach absolutely loves to throw the ball. EJ Manuel. They're, they're going to have fun doing these type of things, and Sammy Watkins is going to fit perfectly into that system. Golden Tate, I, he's just so much of a, a question mark in my opinion. You know, even though Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins is a a, a rookie. I'm fine with him. I'm totally fine with him Um, and uh, uh, Evans. So, you know, I'll go with Sammy Watkins right here.
1: uh, I'm going to uh, give everybody a sneak peek into the preseason pro picks from this year that will be released this week as part of your Scout Fantasy membership. John Rozek, one of the best players in the world, his sleeper of 2014 is Golden Tate. And I'll just read nice. you a little excerpt from his, uh, his article here. He says Golden Tate had a productive and mini breakout season last year in Seattle's run-heavy offense. He now moves to one of the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL with no real threat to the wide receiver role. Tate is a solid fit. The wide receiver two role. Tate is a solid fit for the offense, and Stafford could look his way often. He has a good shot at finishing with around 80 catches and close to a thousand yards. Throw in a few TDs, and you're looking at a low end wide receiver two you can typically get in round seven or later. So, again, a sleeper after round six. Six. Uh, John Rozek, the champs, takes Golden Tate. So, uh, yeah, that's the kind of information. Look, I, it makes me want to go draft Golden Tate. We had we had pegged him as a breakout last year, and I think more than anything, it's Seattle's offense, right? I have I have callers uh, and emails every week talking about Percy Harvin, and I'm like, well, Percy's never had a, a thousand yard season, and I don't think any Seattle wide receiver has had a thousand yard season in in, in the modern era. So I, I, I don't know if it's you know if you can really blame that on Golden Tate. Detroit has big plans for him, so I would not be surprised to see him outperform a rookie want- wide receiver, even though he's mad talented. Hey Scott, uh, real quick, uh, I wanna I wanna throw
0: something at uh Corey, at Larry and yourself. Uh we got uh, what about uh five minutes ago? Uh this is gonna be a uh this is gonna be ongoing round I don't know, say round uh three, four. Alfred Morris, Shane Barine, C J Spiller. Which one would right. you take? Exact.
4: I'm going with C.J. Spiller and yeah, yeah. because I like the way things shake up for Spiller. Look, at Spiller was a guy that was going over and what, 1-5 last season. He didn't have all that bad of a season. He didn't, catch, he didn't get no touchdowns, and that's what really kind of destroyed Fantasy Onus. Now, this is Fantasy Onus holding the grudge against C.J. Spiller. He's the same guy, the same offense yeah. is going to feature him. He can do more with less. He's going to catch balls. They're splitting him out at wide receiver. Those other running backs are good also, but C.J. Spiller is a dynamic talent.
1: And he's going to go – his ADP, by, by the time September's here, guys, it's going to be late second round if it's not going to be there already in these drafts. I'll just, so? I'll just tell you right now. Yeah, yeah, late second. So? Late second. Yep, Larry. Uh, the running, running backs always push up, no matter your format. Running backs always push up. Larry, go ahead.
3: Now I would rank them Spiller over Rean Morris um, with pretty big gaps between the three of them. Wow. Now Spiller for the reason you got that Corey spoke about. I mean, he's just – when he's healthy – He's just, he's one of the best. I mean, I, just the explosive plays that he's capable of making on a, on a weekly basis. And everyone thinks that he always he's always hurt. He was banged up last year, but he's he's tough. He he suits up. He's only really sat out five games his whole career, which feels like it's a lot lot bigger of a number, but it's not. And he catches the ball, you know. But like uh, you know, Buffalo can have fun this year. You know, with Watkins and Manuel, they they know they're not going to really be able to with in New England and Denver's at the, at the conference, but you now their offense is going to be more fun than it's been in a long time, and they're going to move the ball up and down the field, and they'll probably be big behind a lot, and they're going to make a lot of plays. Green, a um, PPR machine, but he's got James White chasing him up, and Ridley you know, hasn't followed in camp yet, so he's going to get the ball. And Morris, I'm just not a big fan of, because he just doesn't catch the ball at all, and now he's got the, yeah. the Gruden team there, and they're going to look to pass the ball probably 60% of the time.
0: Mm. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yep. Do not think
4: Morris yep. is going to have a chance to punch in all those touchdowns? playing mm. like If you like Eddie Lacy but you don't like Alfred Morris, that's what I don't get. They like Ronnie Ball. Mm. They don't like Alfred mm. Morris. 28-80 in two seasons and 20 touchdowns. Yes, mm. it is room for a traditional-style running back, even in PPR leagues. That's what I stand on, Alfred Morris. He's going in the fourth round. He's a tremendous steal.
1: Cool. Ten, ten, recep- ten cool. receptions uh, ten receptions exact, and, 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 you know, Lacey's getting, like, 50. 50. So, yeah, so you can take, you, you can take you your ten out. Time time. You. Uh, by the way, our guest this evening, fantastic, Larry Gold from ScoutFantasy.com and Corey Parson, the fantasy executive from Sirius XM Fantasy and the Roto Experts. I want to tell you, there's two podcasts right now on the Scout Fantasy Network. It's Red vs. Blue, and it's the FF Toolbox podcast. Uh, on Tuesday night's FF Toolbox podcast, Brad Evans from Yahoo joins us, and it's a doubleheader kind of night. Matt Williamson from ESPN. So, so guys, you've got some pretty good company. Thank you for being on Red vs Blue tonight, guys. We really yes, appreciate. Sir. It
4: that was a ton of fun. You always know that.
1: Yeah, great Thanks, time, guys. Corey. Thank Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Larry. All right, guys, uh, you got to you got to listen to to Cory. He's been uh, on with Nando Defino just about every morning. Uh, they've been breaking down their uh, their stuff on, uh, on Series XM and Roto Experts in the morning. And then, of course, uh, Larry Gold writing some awesome content for Scout Fantasy. Just saying, hey, look, the high-stakes players who have, some, uh, have their, their opinions and they want to share them with the world, Larry's one of those guys. And we totally embrace the high-stakes community. If you are a member of the high-stakes community and you would like to write some content for Scout Fantasy, definitely shoot us an email, scott at fftoolbox.com. We will definitely talk to you. We would love to share your insights with the rest of the modern world. Mikey, that was a great show tonight. Uh, last hey, thanks, comment, man. I want to talk about bye weeks You said a comment to me that bye weeks don't matter yeah. anymore for you, that you said they used no. to, but they don't anymore. So are you saying that bye weeks are a rookie mistake? You have 20 seconds.
0: Yeah, uh, real quick, uh, bi-weeks, uh, I used to worry about it, but that, that clouded my uh, imagination and what I was able to do is pick the best player and then use free agency to get away the bye week. So,
1: so, are, so are you saying it's a rookie mistake? Yes. Okay. All right. Matt, Mike's calling all you guys who believe in bye weeks. Yeah, are calling your rookies. And if you want to know about rookies in FF Toolbox, if you want to know about bye weeks, Google NFL bye weeks. You'll see why FF Toolbox is at the top of the game for content uh, in the fantasy world. From everybody here at uh, Scout Fantasy, the Fantasy Football World Championships, and Roto Bowl, Good Mike, job, Scott. Uh, thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon thank in our you. draft, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. $35 drafting goes going
2: on tonight. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.